Hello and welcome to our service today. There's a lot of attention at the moment on the forthcoming COP26 climate change conference that happens in November. Many churches are preparing for that. Many agencies like Tear Fund are placing great emphasis on the need to talk to governments, the need to raise awareness of the issues facing the planet. So today's service is really about the earth. It was originally prepared as a harvest service, but it's not just about harvest, it's much more global than that. Not just about the planting of seeds and the, the growing of crops, but about the whole background of the earth that we live in. What our responsibility is for the earth and where that responsibility all came from. And we'll find out that the life and death and resurrection of Jesus plays an unexpectedly central role in that whole story. So we begin by thanking God that he sent his son into this earth and that through his death and resurrection and his ascension he has changed the whole situation for humankind. Let's worship God as we sing Lord I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. 
Let's pray. Thank you for the world so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. And thank you that you so loved the world that you sent your one and only son to live our life, to die our death, and to be raised up to eternal life. We worship you in the hope of sharing that life by your great mercy. Amen. Let's listen to today's reading, which sets the scene for all that we're going to think about today. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Oh, 
Do you like gardens? Here's a little snip of what a, a good bit of our garden looked like earlier this year. What's the best garden you can imagine? The word paradise is an Eastern word that originally meant a pleasure garden. And here is a picture of a very famous one. We think of it more as a building, but it was a building that was set inside a garden full of trees, full of water channels, an image of the kind of paradise that the emperor desired that his favourite wife should occupy after her death. Here's another in Kashmir, you'll see the emphasis on fountains and water, refreshments, coolness, just what you want in a hot country. Both of these were built by Mughal emperors in India. These gardens are all trying to recapture an idea in the human heart about the original and most perfect garden, what we call the Garden of Eden. When God created the earth, it says he planted a garden. This garden was a, a picture of what he wanted the earth to be like, full of flowers and fruits, food to eat, beautiful tastes, beautiful scents, beautiful colours to enjoy, a riot for the senses. And in that garden he placed a man and a woman. Now don't get bogged down about whether this really happened in the way the Bible describes it. It may have done, but it may also be this poetic imagination which God inspired to teach us important things about where we came from and about the world that we live in. 
Either way, the story tells us important, true things about God, about humanity and about the world. So let's see where it takes us. Here's Adam, the first human, the first man on earth. What's his purpose? God gave him two jobs. You know, the saying, you only had one job. Well, Adam had two jobs. The first thing he had to do was name the animals. Of course, we don't know if Adam spoke English. Don't suppose he did. So we don't know what names they were that he gave to the animals. Sometimes the names for animals in other languages are maybe better than ours. When we learned a bit of Hindi, we found out that the word for a butterfly in Hindi is titali, which has got a lovely ring to it. In Fran French, of course, it's called a papillon. In German, a schmetterling. I quite like the Welsh name, a pilliplal. I don't know how well you'd do at naming animals. Uh, it'd be interesting to look around some of them and say, oh, what would I call that if that was my job? I think my favourite for the butterfly would be just to mix up the letters and call it a flutterby. Oh, it sounds rather better. Scientists and explorers, of course, down the years have had to make up names for a long time as new animals were discovered. Here's some pretty unusual ones. I like these names. Here's the Dumbo Octopus. There's a tasseled wobbegong. There's a fried egg jellyfish. And this has to be the best. The bone-eating snotflower worm. Wonderful names. It all goes to show as well what a wonderful, endlessly amazing world God has created, which we're still discovering. But sadly, some animals don't need names anymore. You'll all recognise this animal, the dodo. Here's some others that no longer need their names. The golden frog. The Barbary lion. The passenger pigeon. All gone. Why did this happen? Why is it still happening? That takes us on to look at Adam's next job. He was given the task of tending and maintaining the garden. So you could say that when humans were put on the earth, it was their job to keep the earth fruitful and pleasant. Something we haven't really done very well. Most animals become extinct because the places they live are destroyed or because they're hunted down for sport or for food. We're only too well aware of ways in which humans are damaging the earth through pollution, through global warming, through deforestation and through discarded rubbish and plastics. But even with all the damage we're causing, the earth is still able to feed everyone if we look after it properly. But because of the way we treat the earth, there are many people who don't have enough to eat. Their harvests are failing because of drought or wildfires or floods. And it's getting worse. We see that in the news all the time. Lots of people, of course, are very worried about this and are looking for ways to make a difference. But for the moment, let's just move on a bit. 
We've heard the story about the man who named the animals and whose job it was to keep the earth fruitful so we could all live together. The next man we read about is famous for saving animals. We know from the Bible story in Genesis that things went wrong and the people of that ancient world became very wicked until God decided on a fresh start. But the world he'd made was still good and the amazing animals were all good. So Noah built an ark to make sure they were able to repopulate the earth. This is a very famous story and many people of course have used this picture of an ark to remind us that we have to do all we can to save the animals of today. There's an organisation for example called Aussie Ark seeking to preserve animals in Australia. They began successfully with the Tasmanian devil and they've moved on to other animals now. Interestingly, this is a bit Jurassic Park, this one, but there's a frozen ark project storing the DNA of animals which are going extinct in the hope that one day they might be restored. So lots of interesting and important things are being done to carry on Noah's work. But it's the end of the story of Noah that's important for us today, I think, because it, it encourages us that despite the wickedness of humankind pervading the earth and the destruction that results, God is in control. Here's some verses from Genesis. The Lord said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. That's in Genesis 8. Let's remind ourselves of God's faithfulness as we listen to and share together in this great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
So God promised that there would be summer and winter, seed time and harvest, as long as the earth endures. But how long will that be? Well, until God wills that it comes to an end, we're in his hands. He's not driven by our actions. And God wills that one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, not just a restoration of its original glory, but something altogether new, still recognisable as the earth, the earth as we always dreamed that it might be. Here are some of the things that God says that are well worth listening to and pondering. In Hebrews chapter 11, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Isn't that a wonderful image, rolling up the worn-out clothes and replacing them with something brand new? And that new thing will be a delight. See, says in Isaiah, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. The main delight will, of course, be the day-to-day presence of God in a new and unimaginable way. Revelation chapter 21 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. What a hope. The new earth is part of the redemption which Christ achieved through the cross. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, so we look for the day when the earth will rise again. At the moment, as Paul says in Romans, all creation is groaning. But the day of deliverance will come. Eden will be restored and God will once again walk with his people in the cool of the evening, as it says in that beautiful picture in Genesis. So how do we respond to these promises? Here's some verses from Second Peter. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day. But we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped with righteousness. That's beautiful. It's from the message. Live a holy life. Daily expect the day of God. God's promise in Genesis of summer and winter, seed time and harvest is a permanent picture of endings and new beginnings, of death and resurrection. Each winter everything dies and in spring there's an almost magical resurrection. Jesus described himself, of course, as the seed planted in the ground which bears much fruit. 
a seed which grew unseen through the winter of his entombment and which sprang forth in unspeakable beauty and fruitfulness through his resurrection. New life for you, for me, for humankind and for the very earth itself. That death and resurrection is celebrated in so many places using the imagery of seed time and harvest. As in this famous song, Now the Green Blade Riseth. It's a song about Easter and death and resurrection of Jesus, but it fits so well with what we've been thinking about and the hope of resurrection for the whole earth through Christ. It's sung by Stevie Winwood, who you might remember from the 60s in a very different kind of context. He's obviously gone very folky in his old age. Now the green blade riseth. So here's three things we should do in the light of these truths. First of all, we should thank God. 
for the seed time and the harvest, the rhythm of the seasons. He still sends sun and rain, crops still grow and people are still fed. Even now there are billions to feed. Psalm 147 says this, He covers the sky with clouds, he supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Be thankful for what God provides. And then we need to play our part as stewards. Just like Adam, we have to care for the earth and name all the animals, preserve them, enable God's amazing creation to thrive and be fruitful to feed every mouth. The earth is under pressure and it's urgent that we do whatever we can to enable it to recover, even while we look for a new heaven and a new earth which will be free from the pollution and the destruction of human greed. Destroying the planet won't change God's timetable, but it will make our lives on earth much more miserable. And then, of course, we need to feed and care for those who are suffering because of the way the world is today, through famine and natural disasters. We're all on the same earth and we should share what we have. There are so many ways in which we can share and I, you don't need me to point out ways to you. I'm sure you know many things that you can do, many organisations and people that you personally can support. Let's commit to these three things. Good stewardship, thankfulness and sharing the good things of the earth with those in need. And may this be our acceptable service to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, picking up those three themes, let's pray. First of all, a prayer of thanksgiving. We thank God for the world he has made and for all his love and care. For the warmth of the sun, for the rain which makes things grow for the woods and the fields, for the sea and the sky, for the flowers and the animals, for families and for holidays, for all your gifts, Father in heaven, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. And a prayer of confession. Picking up a verse from that earlier hymn. Long have our human wars ruined its harvest. Long has earth bowed to the terror of force. Long have we wasted what others have need of. Poisoned the fountain of life at its source. We recognise, Lord, that we've not been good stewards of your earth. We confess that we've continued to acquire more while others have had less and less. Forgive us and enable us to change our ways, to see the earth with your eyes and to love others with your love. Thank you that you enable us to start afresh every day in the knowledge of your forgiveness. 
In Jesus' name, Amen. And a prayer of intercession. Again, a verse from the earlier song. Earth is the Lord's, it is ours to enjoy it, ours as God's stewards to farm and defend from its pollution, misuse and destruction. Good Lord, deliver us, world without end. Deliver us, Lord, as individuals from selfish ways of living. Open our hearts and hands to those in need. Deliver us as a nation from greed and carelessness. May the seriousness of the earth's crisis be at the front of the minds of those in power, particularly as the time of the World Climate Conference draws near. May there be real determination and real outcomes. And deliver those who are suffering from the effects of climate change in drought, wildfires, rising sea levels and uncertain harvests. Open the eyes of all of us across the world to share the solutions as we have all helped to cause the problems. In Jesus' name, Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Peace to the killing fields, scorn. 
His cross for the pain. God of the poor, friend of the weak, give us compassion. with a very appropriate blessing a Franciscan blessing may God bless us with discomfort at easy answers half-truths and superficial relationships so that we may live deep within our hearts may God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression and exploitation of people so that we may work for justice, freedom and peace. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation and war 
so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done. Amen.